In this edition of the podcast, Narangula, the southern highlands of New South Wales' first regional art gallery, has announced its inaugural exhibition program. Set to open to the public on the 25th of September in what was the old dairy at Redford Park, director Megan Monty says the program will represent the region and beyond through significant exhibitions, artist-led projects, live events, workshops, artist talks and public programs. I'm Tim Stackpool and this is Inside the Gallery. Thanks for downloading the podcast once again as we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced and listened to. And we acknowledge our First Nations elders, past, present and those emerging. And also thanks to our sponsor, Pixel Perfect Pro Lab, who concentrate on faithful colour rendering and reproduction for all photographic art and commercial printing needs. Their contribution is put towards the transcripts of our interviews, which of course are very much appreciated by the hearing impaired. And you can learn more about Pixel Perfect Pro Lab at pixelperfect.com.au. Meaning belonging in the traditional language of the Gundungurra First Nation people, Narangula is a heritage-sensitive gallery, capturing the cultural vibrancy of the region through a dynamic curatorial program and community-minded approach, creating engaging ways for the local community to connect with artists and their ideas, is at the core of Narangula's philosophy. The inaugural director of the gallery is Megan Monty. Her previous roles include director at Cement Fondue, and Curator of Contemporary Art at Campbelltown Art Centre. And she joins us now via telephone. Megan, thanks for your time. Oh, no, thank you very much for having me. Now, there's no doubt that you come to establishing this gallery at a very challenging time. I just wonder, when you took the job, did you have any idea that it would get as challenging as it has? Uh I think coming from uh, Cement Fondue, the previous gallery that I worked at, where I established a gallery and a, and a business from the ground up with my co-director, mm. I did come to this with some expectations and some understanding um, to what I would expect and what I would be taking on. But of course, you know, every every new project in any sense is its own um, beast, dare I say. So. Yeah. Uh, it has. It's offered. There has been a number of of challenges from from COVID restrictions and impacts to uh, delays in various ways uh, with our construction and development. We have a really dedicated and supported team and community here uh, that's really almost made it easy to to get through things. And we're sort of now at the tail end of the project and looking back. I think. There has been a number of various different challenges, but if anything, it's uh, made the project and the gallery more stronger, Yeah, I think. Yeah, and in terms of the milestones, looking back, perhaps, you know, over your Gantt chart, did you have to push yourself out very far because of the ever-changing situation over the last 20 months or so? Yeah, of course. So we we we're lucky being in in the region we're outside of of Greater Sydney. Mm. So uh, the bigger impacts I think were were felt far stronger in in those areas than here. But no, but yeah, yes and no. I want to say yeah. to that. I, I think we've all had to extend um, ourselves for this project. Um, I came on board right at the tail end of negotiations. We had. The funding locked in. We had our part, mm. strong partners locked in. We had a 
negotiation lease with the National Trust. So I really came in at a point where things were ready to go. We had a great architect on board, our builders were on board. So I feel really lucky to have come in at that point. But you know, this gallery, Narangula, has been 30 years in the making. We have a huge amount of community support here. And really, I guess the idea of it, as I said, 30 years ago mm. was established by the supporters of Southern Highlands Regional Gallery, a, a small not-for-profit group of art enthusiasts that live locally who had a really strong belief in and a want to create a regional gallery for the Southern mm. Highlands. So, uh, I feel like it's it's many many minds and many dedicated spirits that have gotten gotten me to this point and gotten the gallery to this point. So I feel very lucky to have come in at the tail end of it to bring it into its future. Yeah. So two points on that. One is others in your position often indicate that they wish they were brought into the project earlier. Yeah. Well, I think you know there's there's a as as I mentioned there's a. a a bigger group of people that are working in the background towards this of experts in in gallery design, in in gallery management, in architecture, in building, who have really contributed to this this project from the design brief and ensuring that the gallery was built to museum standards to ensure that we could house world class exhibitions uh, to looking at funding and support structures and building and, and growing strategies there and the network um, in particularly in in funding and in, and in fundraising and, and donations it was already in the works and developed so there was like I mentioned there was a lot of minds at play in getting getting Nanagula to the point that it was when I stepped in and I really came into a point that the the gallery was ready to develop its program. So essentially, I feel like I've almost come in at the fun part. <laughs> yeah, all, all that painstaking detail has already been taken care of and you can actually get on with almost, yeah. almost running a gallery. The second question I had out of your original comment was that the Southern Highlands is no stranger to artisans and smaller galleries. Is there any sense that the smaller galleries that have been running for, you know, like you say, 30 years or so, is there any resentment there mm. that now you have come in and perhaps taken some of the market away? Uh, I think, uh, as I said, being um, a project that's been an idea in the making for so long, I think generally there was, a, there was an excitement for the gallery being built. People are... Um, generally, the community and residents are really excited about it. But in thinking about the organisations and the the galleries and the studios that exist here, I think they've really carved out really dedicated audiences and and participants that really support what they're doing. And I think we're really not taking away from that. We're we're complementing that. We're uh, sharing those audiences, but we're also in a capacity just because of the scale and the ambition of our program will be able to attract other audiences and other other groups of people from outside of the region. And if anything, we're going to build, I, I guess, the, the traffic or the audiences into that. And yes, and I think in all honesty, when an establishment such as yours, an institution such as yours comes along and focuses mm. the opportunity of experiencing mm, such mm. things in the Southern Islands, then that actually is of advantage to everyone yes. who is in 
associated disciplines or associated businesses around the institution such as yours. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, our a bigger part of what we're wanting to do here and our, our vision is to be and the Centre for Arts and Culture for the Southern Highlands. And, and part of being that centre is be, by being collaborative and by be, bringing our audiences to the broader arts community here in the Southern Highlands also. So it really is a, a very much so a collaborative and a mm. complementary effort that we're putting in here and like I said there's a a huge history of creative pursuits that are happening in the highlands across visual arts but also within music and festivals and even going further into uh, food and wine there's a big interest here from the community to there's a craving for for culture and the southern highlands do it really well and you know I think Nunnagool is really going to add another offering for people to to take up, whether that's local residents or visitors coming through. Now, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the gallery and what might be coming up, some people listening are probably very aware of your history, say with the Campbelltown Arts Centre a little while yes. ago. Can you just explain to us how different your role is currently with this gallery compared to what you're probably known for in the past? Of course. So I uh, was the Creator of contemporary art in the final years of my roles at my position at Campbelltown Art Centre, uh, and stepping into the director role at Nunangula, I definitely feel like the number of hats that I wear has expanded. <laughs> I was the as the curator, I really looked at exhibition management and and working with artists. Artists, it was much more um, a hands-on role, and now my role has expanded to also include more strategic, operational, and mm. bigger programming pursuits. Really, so it's it's definitely expanded, and it's been a huge learning curve to get to this point. And my previous role at Cement Fondue really gave me those building blocks. And those expectations of what to consider when building something from the ground up. So I feel like I was prepared somewhat there, but um, but it's very different. And I do feel I'm very lucky in this position as director of Nunangula to still be able to work closely on the program. We have a incredibly small team at the moment of myself and an assistant director, Milena Stoyanovska. Uh, so we work really collaboratively on that program. So I feel like I'm not missing out on that side of of working in the arts. However, it does definitely expand to many more hats. Mm. So who's supporting you in terms of managing the books or taking care of the legals? Uh, we have uh, just appointed a new board of directors. So we mm-hmm. are a not-for-profit company limited by guarantee. And previous to this, we had a group of um, an incredible group of people that's formed a a working committee who range from accountants to community members to people that were experts in governance and and legal matters so there's always been this sort of circle of people that have offered advice and guidance but um, as i said now we've established our inaugural board of directors who incredibly well-established in their various fields from construction to business management to media to legal services. So we've got just about everything covered. And good to hear too. And good for your own mental health as well, I'm guessing, to have that support behind you. Yes, definitely is. Let me ask you the question, Megan. Now, judging by what I can hear over the phone, it sounds as though you're right in the thick of what's going on there. I mean, have you still got construction happening around you? Uh, yes, we do. So where I'm at the moment, I'm sitting in the grounds of of Redford Park, actually next to an emu enclosure. Currently, <laughs> whilst 
we're at the tail end of construction. So we have at the moment the final seal of the road happening and our landscapers in planting pretty furiously all around the property at um, at Nunangula. And do you reckon you're going to open the press release as September 25? Is that still on the cards? Uh, yes, we're able to, we're, we're tracking to open it on the 25th of September. Of course, this is, this is pending any upcoming COVID restrictions and mm. current lockdowns. Uh, however, the construction is due to finish in the coming weeks. And we are ready to install artworks um, as soon as we're able to. Okay, so before we get into the exhibitions that are coming up, can you paint a picture for us a little bit about the history, how you got to this point, who did you design, all that sort of stuff? Of course. So we are located in Retford Park, a property of the National Trust New South Wales. We're located in the dairy and we have repurpose the dairy building to become a state-of-the-art regional galleries, architects, TZG, Tonkin's Zulaka Greer, and our builders are Richard Crooks Construction. So they have been working pretty tirelessly to get to this point, but what is quite beautiful about the building, they've been really sensitive to the heritage, which was a requirement for us to be able to Mm. utilise that building with the National Trust. Mm. And there's some incredible features that they've retained. Essentially, they've put a new box within an old box, uh, (laughs) if I can describe it that way. But they want to, I guess, look at as a guiding principle and as a they're really wanting visitors to be able to interpret the space as it originally was used for. Um, so as I mentioned, it was a, a functioning dairy for a number of years. And, and when you do walk into the space, you can, th- there's nods to that history. So mm. there's some original lead lighting switches. There's also the incredible rendered walls that you can see the d- various different layers of paints and the transitions it's had over the various years. In the central gallery space, which is our gallery three that we're calling it, that was actually where the hay was kept upstairs on a, on a second level. And we right. still got the original hatch in the ceiling where the hay will drop down into these trolleys and it would be pulled into two separate spaces, which is our gallery two and four, to feed, to feed the cows as they were getting milked. And what we've done to sort of retain that uh, narrative, we've got these beautiful brass plates where the trolleys would have moved up and down to feed to feed the cows so there's these nods to the the history there and the nods to the use the designers were really looking at how we could complement the space how we could merge sort of old and new together Mm. without it clashing and they've done a really beautiful beautiful job there so in addition to our dairy building and that repurposed building, we also have an entry pavilion, which is a purpose-built new structure on the site. And that's our entry. That's our front front entryway. And we've, we've dedicated to artworks. We have a dedicated education space and an outdoor education space and an office for our, our small and dedicated team to work from. So it, it's a pleasure to work here and be in the space. And mm. we're, as I mentioned, surrounded by the grounds of Retford Park. So Mm. we're looking to become as the centre of arts and culture in the region, but we're also really excited to collaborate with Retford Park to really create a precinct here. Uh, They do incredible programs um, and incredible events here as it is, and we're excited to 
combine our forces essentially and and be a, a destination for people in the highlands. Yeah, dealing with the National Trust, you raised that a couple of times. Were there any particular compromises, I'll put it that way, that you had to consider because it is a, a, a listed location? Oh, yeah, of course. So retaining the heritage uh, of the building is first and foremost a priority. Uh, and there was a lot of neg- negotiations between our architects and our builders and the uh, experts at the National Trust in Conservation and Heritage um, who worked tirelessly to get Mm. various different plans through. But essentially, we've created a gallery. We've placed a new box within an old box. And when we leave on the occasion that we we would, um, we can pull everything out and the original infrastructure is there as it was. All right. So let's talk about September 25th, all going well. What sort of exhibitions can we look forward to seeing? So our inaugural exhibition is Hijinks in the Hydrangeas by photographer Tamara Dean, who has worked over the last 18 months to do an entire series of new works that capture her body within the various different landscapes between her home down just past Kangaroo mm-hmm. Valley and the Southern Highlands. So she's worked in various different private and public gardens and spaces to capture this incredible narrative that takes, I guess, as a focus point, our collective experience of isolation to the point of letting and allowing us to look at the impacts and the changes in landscape over a period of time. So you essentially Mm -hmm. see the shift of the landscape within seasons and you can really see the colour changes, the pattern, oh, the yes. the you know, flowers coming into bloom, especially around mm. springtime and the really sort of cold bitterness of winter that you feel down here. She's really captured mm. the energy of the seasons throughout her photographs. Mm. I've often thought that uh, compared to Sydney or, or Melbourne or even Brisbane, we don't necessarily feel the season so much, but when you hit the southern highlands of New South Wales, that's especially in autumn, you really do see the season turn. You see the leaves turn. It's a vast contrast in the Southern Highlands compared to uh, the more temperate, I guess, coastal cities. It is. It is. And she's really, really captured that. And previously, Tamara's really known well for capturing multiple bodies in often sometimes peculiar or spectacular situations. And Mm. in this case, and for hijinks in the hydrangeas, She's used herself, uh, so she's really challenged herself. She's really had to shift the way she works to be responsive to the climate that we find ourselves in at the moment. Uh-huh. So it's a beautiful exhibition to step into. There's incredible narratives that can be pulled and threaded throughout the works, but also it's really accessible for our audiences. People stepping in are going to recognise gardens. They're going to recognise those public spaces, especially Redford Park. Tamara did a number of photo shoots here. So I think there's a nice way that we're connecting with our audiences locally through this exhibition. Excellent. Now, you have various spaces, though. Is Tamara's exhibition the only one that's going to launch? So Tamara is within our gallery spaces. We're also going to launch our inaugural entry pavilion commission project that engages an Indigenous artist to create a site-specific work that will welcome our visitors into the space. It's also a collaborative opportunity for that artist to work with our Indigenous community 
uh, also an inaugural artist, is Megan Cope. And beyond your launch exhibitions, looking at your website, the timetable is full. What can we expect after your launch exhibitions? We uh, go straight into the Dingo Project that was curated by local acclaimed curator John Mundine, who has invited 15 Indigenous artists to create works that look at dingoes in the region. Mm-hmm. We have a solo exhibition and a partnership exhibition with the National Art School called Goya's Dog, and that's with John Olson, mm-hmm. celebrated local artist. We then step into a new commission project with Abdul Abdullah and Abdul Rahman Abdullah, and we've actually paired them with their art heroes, which is their words, Tracy Moffat. We then move into Ken Doan and Rosie Deacon, which will be an exhibition that will capture the hearts of young people and children bursting with colour and full of immersive experiences, play and costume. And then we wrap up the year with Macquarie Galleries, looking at a particular period from 1939 to 62, including over 70 works from that period of artists who are represented by the Macquarie Galleries. Yes. Now, I was going to ask about that. Why is there such a focus? Why have you decided Macquarie Galleries there? So we've decided to go with a Macquarie Gallery show in our inaugural year because a number of the artists that were represented by Macquarie Galleries actually um, spent a lot of time in the Highlands or or travelled through here often and created a number of works that depicted the landscape here, sort of from Alison Rayfish to Elieth Gruner, Grace Cosington-Smith also, Roy DeMaestri also presented at Macquarie Galleries and actually have significant works that Mm. depict the Southern Highlands over the years. And I think that's a really important connection here Mm. to Mm. represent the region, but also it's a way that we can bring in significant works for our audiences to see what the Highlands look like in in a past life. There's there's a great diversity in that schedule that you have, but is the Southern Highlands your your common bond? Is I'm just trying to work out where the philosophy is in terms of, of that list. Of course. So we're really trying to capture the hearts and minds of, of our residents mm. here with our first year of programming um, from new commission works by contemporary progressive artists to looking back at artists who created more traditional depictions of of landscapes and still lifes and portraiture. We're looking at that spectrum of of what the visual arts stands for and we're wanting to offer an accessible way for our audiences to engage with it and to to build a love for it. Uh, So in our first year, we're really looking at the Southern Highlands as a starting point, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're also looking at how we can attract our audiences to engage with art. Mm. Um, We have a particular focus on our Indigenous community here. So we really have a focus on um, Indigenous-led programming uh, and we're also wanting to engage young people. There's 42 schools, actually over 42 schools in the region that haven't had a regional gallery of their own to travel to. Some students potentially haven't even had access to art galleries through their schooling here in the region. Mm. And we really want to create a space that is dedicated to bringing in young audiences, but mm. also for us to to be able to offer 
some really high quality artists and work to schools in the region. I wonder too whether it would have been impossible to establish a gallery such as this without, how can I put it, the increase in um, gentrification of the Southern Highlands? Can I put it that way? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that would play a role in the infrastructure here in the region, but I, I definitely, I do feel that the the regional art gallery for the Highlands has been a pursuit for a number of years, mm. but it's also very much so a passion that's brought it to this point and the passion of many, many people who have brought it to this point. And with the ever-changing landscape here and the the shifting of, I guess, our populations, yeah. we're only going to complement that and also adding arts and culture into any community, I think, is it's it's crucial it's important mm. and before we wrap up i just want to ask you about the life of the gallery you spoke about there will come a time when you have to vacate the premises and it's built so that you can do that without having too much of an impact on the heritage of the site how long is your lease uh, we have a 25 year lease okay. with the national trust so we won't be going anywhere anytime soon <laughs> very good so we can plan uh, as, as soon as we're allowed to travel again, or as, in between travel restrictions, we can still plan a picnic at least on your property. Yeah, and we welcome that. Megan, it's been great to talk to you. I know you're very busy. I want to let you get back to the bulldozers, but well done on getting this gallery to the uh, to the position that it is now. Uh, we wish you all the very best to get open on September 25th, and then whenever we can, we'll we'll come and visit. Thank you very much. It's um, a long time coming, and we can't wait to uh, invite everyone down. That's Megan Monty there, director at the soon-to-be-opened Nalangula Gallery in the New South Wales Southern Highlands. And if you want to be kept up to date on all that's going on at the gallery, head to www.nalangula.com. Now, that spelling is quite unique, as you would imagine, but there is a link to the gallery in the description of this edition at insidethegallery.com.au. But if you insist, it's spelled N-G-U-N-U-N-G-G-U-L-A. But as I say, you'll find the link on our website at insidethegallery.com.au where you'll also find links to a transcript of this podcast made possible for our hearing-impaired fans by Pixel Perfect Pro Lab. There are links there too to our Facebook and Instagram pages and also to our mailing list. All of that at www.insidethegallery.com.au. That is the podcast for now. Until the next edition, please follow the public health orders as locally advised and support the arts as much as you can within the current COVID restrictions that you might be facing. I'm Tim Stackpool. Thanks for your ongoing interest in the podcast. And until the next edition, bye-bye for now.